0: today, I want to invite uh, someone up that uh, was just baptized into Christ last Sunday. So Hector, would you come up here for a minute? Hector Flores, we have something to present to you. May not look like it, but this is our youngest brother in the faith here. (laughs) And uh, We're excited for you, Hector. We want to share with you a new Bible, a study Bible. It has a lot of good information in it, uh, besides even the text of the Bible, a lot of notes and so on, but also a certificate of your baptism into Christ. And uh, we give it to you with our greatest love and admiration and pray for God's blessing upon you. you. All right. Thank you, brother. This morning is the last uh, sermon in the series on being in Christ, but it's not the last time you're going to hear about being in Christ, I'm sure, uh, because this is so so powerful, so important to us. And our theme today is in Christ, our future is secure, and uh, that, that's a, a great theme uh, for any preacher. Uh, there's a lot of insecurity today, isn't there? Do any of you feel insecure sometimes? <laughs> you ever feel like, whoa, what is next? What is happening in this world? You, know, you just turn on the news, you pick up the paper, you look on the internet and, and uh, pick up a couple news items there and you say, what is going on? Um, and where is this going to go? Where is this going to end? Well, you know where it's going to end. Then don't have to worry about that. But what's going to happen in the meantime? Maybe you worry about that some. And if you're a child of God, your future is secure. But you know that. Uh, you don't have to, to wallow around in insecurity. And in worry and fretting, God has already planned a glorious future for you and me. And I want to make sure you know that. And then, secondly, I want to remember, make sure you remember that <laughs> you don't you don't forget it. Sometimes you get all wrapped up in the confusion and and the news and and the bad stuff that's going on. And and maybe that last little bit just like puts you over the edge. And and it's like, man, I'm not feeling so secure anymore. You need to remember security that you have in Christ, the future that you have in Christ. Because if we don't remember who we are and what we have in Christ, we will not feel secure. Maybe I should say when we don't remember. <laughs> because sometimes it happens, probably to all of us. If we forget that we have a future in Christ that is secure, we will, we will be unsuccessful in living for God. We'll be living in weakness. We'll be living in and even foolishness, you know, and just just got our heads in the wrong place, hearts in the wrong place. And if we forget who we are, what we have in Christ, we'll end up living in fear and anxiety rather than in the confidence that God wants us to have as his children. So what have we studied so far in this series? It's been about claiming what ours is is ours in Christ. Uh, We said we are redeemed. We are no longer under condemnation in Christ, uh, that is so powerful, isn't it? There's no condemnation. Uh, we are free from that. And because of what Christ has done. That we were saved even before the creation of this world. That God had a plan before there was sin to do something about sin. And to save us. We are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Exactly how it says in Second Corinthians 5.21. And we are a child of God. And then today, we're going to be thinking about how in Christ, our future is secure. Now, I've asked you to be saying in your mind and in your heart uh, on a daily basis, if you will, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Would you say that with me? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Last week, I encouraged you to say, I am a child of God. Say that. I am a child of God. And say this last thing with me. In Christ, my future is secure. That's such a blessing, and you need to understand that, and you need to live that way. So this morning, I want to think about three things. I want to think about the promises that we have in Christ, the power we have in Christ, and also the peace that we have in Christ. So if you want to take some notes, there's a little place in your bulletin, or maybe find another little slip of paper, because I'm going to fire a lot of scriptures at you later on, and I want you to be ready for that. There's a lot of trouble and uncertainty in our world right now, uh, the political problems, the turmoil, terrorism, uh, fighting in the streets—you know—it's come as close as Charlottesville, and and we know this is a bad time, a lot of bad things happening. But we also know that there is Christ in us and Christ in this world, and He is doing some amazing things in us and in this world. In such troubling times, we need to remember that our sense of purity, our our. our very security itself—not just a sense of that, not just some pretend thing—but our very security is found in God and in God alone, not in anyone or anything else. We need to kind of be like the little boy I heard about. There were some botanists uh, that were looking for these rare flowers. They had traveled to the Alps and they were they were going through the Alps and looking for these rare flowers. They knew they were there. Finally, they spotted one, but it was way down in this ravine, way at the bottom of this chasm, and they couldn't see any way to get down there. But there were locals that lived around there, and there's this little boy. And they thought, well, "This little boy, we'll tie a rope to him. We'll hang him down into this chasm. He'll pick the flower, bring it back up to us, and we'll have what we need." And really, there's really no danger. I mean, it's you know, we can securely hold him and everything, and we'll get him down there. And so they approached the little boy, and he says, "Yeah, I think I think I might do that." Uh, wait a minute, and he ran off into the woods. Came back a few minutes later, and he had this older man with him, and they said, "Well." What's going on? He says, okay, I'm ready to go down and get the flower now, but this guy's got to hold the rope. He's my dad. (laughs) That's how I feel secure. And I want you to have that picture in your mind today that you have a heavenly father that you have that kind of dependence on, that sense of security. He's the anchor. He's the one that can hold the rope. And he will get you through this thing called life. We must put our confidence in God and in no one else. It's in Christ and in Christ alone that our future is secure. So why is our future secure in Christ? Number one, in Christ all the promises of God are ours. <laughs> and, and it's almost uh, giddy to think of that. All the promises of God are ours. They were given to us. 2 Corinthians 20 says it this way, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. In Christ, all the promises that God has ever made are yes. It's saying, they're yours. You got them. They're they're right there on your your ledger. They are given to your balance sheet. They are yes because you are a child of God. Other people may break their promises to you. In fact, they regularly do, don't they? People say, oh, I'm going to do this. Well, I'm going to do that. And then they fail. They just don't come through. Sometimes they do. Many times they don't. But in every promise God has made to us, he has come through. He always keeps them. He always says yes. And when we forget about God's promises, we begin to worry and we begin to fret about our circumstances. And uh, worry and and, uh, uh, fretting and anxiety are part of what I call stinking thinking. You know, you know, you're just, you're not thinking right. I was sharing that with one of the guys in our support group the other day. That's just stinking thinking. You know, when you start thinking about all of the things that you worry about and you stop thinking about God, that's stinking thinking. Stinking thinking is when, when you think you're on your own or when you think you have to solve everything or when you have to reach down, you know, to your own bootstraps and pull yourself up, you know, and by your ingenuity or by your intelligence or by your actions... You change things? That's stinking thinking. But when you trust the promises of God, things change. Well, what promises has God given us? I can't name them all this morning. I saw on the Bible Gateway website that they claimed there are 5,647 promises of God in Scripture. It would take us a while to recite all those. Josh Riley uh, shared just 10 of God's promises he thought were best. I reduced that number down to 5. Here's the scriptures about them. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Matthew 11, 28, 29, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle in heart and, and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. A lot of people have committed this one to memory. Gives power to the weak and strength to the powers. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength, and they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. What a great promise from God. Proverbs one thirty three. All who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Just full of promises. It's the Bible. And all of these promises are, uh, are ours in Christ. We are a child of God. And God says, these are yours. They are yes, no matter how many I've said. So I encourage you just keep a list of your favorite promises the ones that really speak to your heart. Keep that list handy and review that list regularly. Count on those promises. Live in a confidence that you would never have in yourself or even in a group of people. Maybe in your best friend, but you can have that confidence in God because you have a Father that loves you and a Father that has promised to be with you forever. So all the promises of, ours, of God are ours in Christ. Why is our future secure? Secondly, in Christ we have the power to overcome sin and the spiritual forces that wage war against us. The Apostle Paul told his young friend Timothy, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. That's Second Timothy one seven. And we need to ask ourselves, you know, do we do we live in timidity? Do we live in fear? Do we live in discouragement, Uh, you know, that's a choice you make. Too often, we kind of carry this cloud around with us, you know, a cloud of discouragement or, or of defeat. Too often, we give up and we give in. Too often, we feel that we can't win the battle, so why even try? And we just kind of float along or drift backwards, probably is the better picture of that. When in Christ, ours is the victory. We have been promised victory. We have been promised that Jesus has already defeated the enemy. He's already won the war. All we need to do is face our daily battles in his strength, not in ours. And he will succeed in our lives as well. Now, it's all right to be humble. It's all right to be meek. Jesus was both of those things. But it's not all right to be weak when you're in Christ and when Christ is in you. Now, if you turn over with me to 1 Corinthians 15, I want to show you something here that's really cool. It's about the future, but it's also about today. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is talking about the future, the distant future, when this earth will be no more, when Jesus returns, and when he's going to take us out of the world to live with him forever. And so he has these things he's talking about, immortality, immortality. And the imperishable of the future, you know, that we're going to have different bodies and, and how we're going to live forever with him. But the punchline of 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 57 is the last verse. So let's start there. 57 says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So how did he get there? What What led up to this? We go back and we see that Paul's talking about the future, and he said it this way, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. The trumpets will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable has closed itself with the imperishable, the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been closed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Is that good news? <laughs> where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Ha ha! <laughs> I think Paul's saying, ha ha, you don't have any victory. You don't have any sting anymore. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So you've got nothing to worry about in the future and about even dying because you already have victory in Jesus Christ. So he's talking about the future here, of course. That's the whole thrust of this passage. And he ends up with a therefore in verse 58 that is now about today. All these things are true. You have the victor already in Christ. Therefore, what? Dear brothers, stand firm. Net, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that you're laboring the Lord is not in vain. He brings it right down to today. He brings it down to this very moment that if you have the victory in Christ in the future, you have the victory in Christ now. So stand firm and let nothing move you, no matter what you face, no matter what circumstance comes into your life, what enemy comes into your life, whether it is the power of hell itself coming against you, you can stand strong in Christ. That is the secret, and that's what he's talking about here in this passage. Let nothing move you, even if Satan himself were to come against you. You have the ability to stand in Christ. Let's look at one other place, Ephesians three, twenty and twenty one. Ephesians three, twenty and twenty one. Paul's kind of just losing it, you know. He's he's like so amazed by what we have in Christ that just he goes off. And he says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Now, can you make a grander exaggeration than that? He is able to do immeasurably more than all we would ever be able to ask or even imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Forever and ever. Amen. We have the power of Christ in us. We can defeat temptation and sin with his help and by his power. No spiritual force, even the devil himself, is strong enough to defeat us when we are walking in Christ. You don't have anybody to be afraid of. Whom shall I fear, we say. Through the power of Christ we can defeat the sin that plagues us. Even the ones that we may have repeated for years through the power of Christ, we can stop our sinful behaviors and even compulsive behaviors, even our addictions. The power of Christ can break those things and set us free. Through the power of Christ, everything that has defeated us in the past can now be defeated in Christ. Through the power of Christ, we can keep going, even when we should be exhausted, even when we should be depleted. Caleb and Monica, you listening? listening? Because in about a few months, you're going to be feeling depleted. But you're going to be able to keep going because you're going to be in Christ. And you're going to have a strength that's not Caleb and Monica's strength. That's what we all need to do. It is God's power and God's unlimited ability that is at work in us. And we have the power to overcome sin and the spiritual forces that wage war against us in Christ. Why are we secure? in Christ. Because thirdly, in Christ, the peace of God guards our hearts and minds. And there is no need to worry. How many people in here today are worries? I'm not going to make you hold up your hand because too many hands would go up and I'd be very discouraged. So I'm not going to ask that. Do you often have anxiety? Do you maybe even have panic attacks sometimes? Listen to the word of God, Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. Let me repeat that. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. you need peace, that's where you get it. You're not going to get it in this world. You're not going to get it from your friends, even from your spouse, as much as they may love you and care for you. Your peace is going to be derived only through God and from God. So do you need to hear this promise this morning? Do you personally need to be reminded about the peace God can give you? Apostle Paul knew about this peace of God from personal experience. That's why he wrote this in Philippians 4.7. If you go down later on in that chapter, chapter 4, verses 17 through 19, he gives us some details of how God has taken care of him through the Philippian believers. And we discover that they, they actually took care of Paul by sending him some money. And he says it this way, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credit to your account. I've received full payment, even more. I am amply supplied. Now that I've received from Epaphroditus, one of their members, the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And he said, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. What happened was Paul was always uh, careful to pay his own way. He kept working as a tent maker so that he wouldn't be a burden on anyone else. We know that from the book of Acts and right on through with a lot of his letters. And even in 1 Corinthians, he talks about, you know, he has this boast. He says, it's kind of foolish to boast this way. But he says, you know, I haven't depended on anybody. I've always paid my own way. I've taken care of myself. But here in Philippi, in the letter to Philippi, he has to say, you know, I did accept a gift for you. It's a gracious gift. You're 800 miles away. You sent this gift by one of the members of Papridites, not only the monetary gift, which I did not expect, did not ask for, and I was trying not to need, so to make a living. He's kept in prison by Rome, expecting to be killed any day to be executed for his faith, and we believe that's what happened. He was thinking that this is a like good time. Um, and he can't go out and earn a living, and he money so he'd have a way to live. And the condition was, I think, bad that the got sick, he says, in the letter he almost died. And thankfully, he says, God restored him to health. I'm sending him back along with this letter to tell you how grateful I am for what you have done. The peace of God guarded his heart and mind in Christ Jesus when he was one of the worst in one of the worst places possible that's what i want you to derive from that no matter our circumstances the peace of god can be ours no matter our trials no matter our successes no matter our busy schedules no matter our relationship issues or maybe our physical illnesses or losses the peace of god can be ours every day No one can take that peace away, even though the devil will try. (laughs) Jesus warned us in John 10.10, he says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That thief is the devil. But he says, I have come that you may have life, and that you may have it to the full. And so Satan comes often to try and steal our joy, or maybe to steal our hope, or to steal our peace. And Jesus assures us he can't do that because that is held securely in my hand. You are held securely in my hand. I want to end with one final verse. It comes from 1 John 4.4 and it says this, You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. God is great. God is amazing. I want to show you something. Some of you know what this is. This belongs to our grandson Grayson. Does anybody know what this is? What's it called? A puddle jumper. <laughs> I don't know how they came up with that name. A puddle jumper, it's it's a flotation device device for a child to wear. You put your arms through here, in case you don't know how that goes. It's on the front of you, and then you bring it around the back and you snap it together. And it holds them very secure so that they're going to just float in the water. No matter what happens, it holds them up, holds their head up out of the water, and they can breathe because you don't breathe very well underwater, especially if you're two or three years old. And if you put a two or three-year-old, drop them into the pool, they'll go to the bottom, won't they? Because if they don't have this, that's what happens to a physical body like that. And they're totally unprepared for that most times. But with this on, Grayson feels very secure. And we've noticed just in the last couple weeks, he feels so secure it scares us to death because he'll run across the deck and just lunge in, you know. Nobody's there. It used to be, stay near me. Be near me in case something happens. Grab me. Be there for me. Now he doesn't care. And he runs in. He goes in over his head. He bobs to the surface. And he's sputtering. And he's wiping his eyes. But he's got the big grin on his face. This is great. Because I'm secure. I know this will protect me, and I trust this to protect me. Now, I hesitate to call God a puddle jumper. (laughs) I don't even know how they came up with that name, because that protects you from a lot more than a puddle. Why would you need one of those in a puddle, unless it's a very, very deep puddle? And you know, I was thinking, Grayson doesn't care how deep the water is. He doesn't know whether he'd ever touch the bottom of our pool, which is only four feet deep. He could, come back up, but he doesn't know that. It could be 200 feet deep as far as he's concerned. And when we have a puddle jumper in God, it doesn't matter how deep the water is either, does it? When we get started with Christ, he gives us a pool to jump in that may only be two feet deep. Oh, we can kind of touch the bottom. Oh, don't Not so bad. Alright, that's alright. And then it gets deeper, doesn't it? becomes more challenging, and some of the trials of life, some of the challenges of what God wants us to do in ministry, some of the places he sends us, some of the people we need to talk to pretty deep waters. I want you to know that God is there, and God is your flotation device. He is your security, and he will be there for you no matter what. Don't forget that. Because in Christ, we have all the promises of God. And we have the peace of God to guard our hearts and minds. And we have the power of God working in us because we are in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are able. <laughs> Let me just stop there, Father. You are able. That's enough you are able for everything we've ever talked about today. Able to do, able to face, able to overcome, able to bring victory in every place because of you. We bow to you today. We pray prayers of thanksgiving, gratitude, love, respect, everything, Lord. We honor you that you are faithful. And you are our Father. You are our security. And all of your promises are yes. Lord, if anybody's here struggling today, may this message just drive deep into their hearts to know that you are there for them always. May they be lifted up May they be floated to the surface so they can breathe again, so they can live again, so they can smile again. It's God, your faith. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Would we sing together? Would we come to God as we are today? If you have not accepted Christ, we invite you to come up and tell us you want to do that. You want to surrender your life to Christ today. If you are a Christian, you're struggling, you need prayer, you come up here. I'm going to invite uh, elders and deacons just kind of be around different corners of the room. Maybe you don't even come up front. You just go to back corner. So, Jeremy, just go back to that corner, would you? And uh, who's around on this side? Tim, just go back to that corner. Somebody else come up here to these two front corners. Steve, uh, Caleb, okay. And let's be ready for anybody that may just need some prayer today or maybe want to share what's going on in their heart today. But let's stand together and let's sing. Come as you are.